Hi, yeah, come in, come in. How you doing? Um, I'm doing all right, doing all right. Oh, you've got to see this latest purchase. Check them out. Oh, wow. Oh, what a lovely pair of curtains. They're good, aren't they, right? Yeah. They're, they're really thick, those blackout curtains. Oh, I can sleep in and not have the sun wake me up, goodness. Right, I'm so happy with them. And they're just such a lovely colour as well. Like that sort of bluey green. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really liking them. Tell you what, let's do an opening. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where two queer trans ladies have a bit of a catch-up and do silly voices and some skits and just generally try and amuse each other while catching up on what we've been up to. Pretty much. How you been doing this week? I'm alright. Um, I've, 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 I've played some things, I've watched some things, I've listened to some things, you know, we've, the sorts of things that come up on this show. We've done the, the media consumption that this show demands of us. I did a bit more drawing. <gasps> oh yeah, you yeah, did. Oh yeah, there's a whole new t-shirt up. Have a new design. Yeah, the, the shading on that butt plug, huh? You like the shading on the butt plug? I like huh? the shading on that butt plug. Um, so based on a, a joke that came up on one of my live streams, twitch.tv slash Janiac, uh, the joke of butt plug soup came up, <laughs> which I think is basically just butt plugs in lube in, in a bowl. Yup. I think that's how it works. Yeah. Anyway, so there is now a sort of fake soup tin with a butt plug and some lube. <laughs> Because it's a very filling soup. Yes, that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So, should we jump into the first segment of the show? Yes. Things things we've done, played. Things we've done, played. Things things that what we have interacted with. Indeed. Um, What have you got on your list? What have I got on my list? What have you got on your list? We we did some table topping. Yeah, we played some tabletop games. that table. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we went back and played some tabletop games. Some that we've played lots of times and some that we've played fewer. Yep. Uh, we played some more Clank in Space. Clank in Space! Which we've talked about before as yes. a sort of deck builder with a board game element. Yep. Uh, get in, steal as much treasure as you can and get out. But lots of the things you do make noise. Mm-hmm. And the more noise you make, the more likely it is that the creature's going to attack you and kill you before Lord you can Eratus. get out. Um, yeah, so once again, had fun with that. It, yeah. it continues to be just like one of those games that I consistently really enjoy. It helps that like you've got such a large deck in it. Yeah. Um, you've got the, the variety of how you set up the board because you've got... Um, yeah. Three different modules that you can flip over either side, depending on where they are in the ship, yeah. that can lead to some really yeah. different encounters. And I, I find that every time we play, I end up going for a different deck type, and there's a lot of variety of what kinds of ways you can build decks that work nicely. Yeah. Like, my deck when we played the other night was um, centred around... I got this really good card early on that allowed me to do one of two things. I could either get a crystal... Or trade a crystal for five credits, which meant mm. like I had a consistent source of money production early. Um, I could hoard a lot of a resource very early. And I had a thing that would uh, allow me to duplicate cards, so I could do both of its effects at once. And that worked really nicely. Mm-hmm. And I did a bit risk-reward, where I got lots of these prisoners that generate noise and they're a bit risky to claim. But then later I picked up a card that made them worth points every time I came round. And... Uh, the the what was it the space skunk got me points for all my prisoners and that sort of wrapped up some some 
Yeah, you, some were, good you were getting a lot of credits for that. Yeah, it's... I'd taken the risk and bought a lot of the, the noise-generating prisoners, and it really paid off in the end game. Yeah, because by the end of the game, you basically had all the money. Yes. There was a point where I was like, I'm going to have to give back some of my, my one-credit things, because <laughs> I have all of the single credits, and I need some more single credits. So I'll turn some of them into five, some of them into tens. Okay, That's there we go. when I knew I was fucked. <laughs> Uh, it was a really fun. It was a really fun one, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't enjoy it. Yeah, are you building a Gundam? I'm building a Gundam. I'm building that Gundam that you got me for me birthday. Oh, um, it is on my playlist. Oh, uh, sh- do you want to? Should I? Should I talk yeah, about tell that me one about here? your new Gundam. Um, so this is one that Jane got me for me birthday. It is a Unicorn Gundam Zero Two Banshee Nord. Uh, it's it's black and gold and has a lot of cool bits that... Uh, the thing that's really nice about this one is it, like... There's lots of opening up compartments that reveal a starkly different colour underneath. Ooh. So you can either have it be this sort of, like, pretty pretty consistently, like, black with little accents of red, like, white monochrome thing, as you can see here. Yeah. The legs are the legs are pretty... Uh, pretty black? Yeah. But there's a bunch of yellow sections, and I'm trying to remember how you open <laughs> to get the yellow sections. Um... I can't remember off the top of my head how you do it because I bend a knee or you no not even that oh. there are you can see some of the yellow poking through yeah. but you can definitely open those side bits up to show big chunks of the yellow sections oh, um, but again I want to finish building it yeah. before I start uh, playing playing around with it I do like but... a gun them there there yeah they always look good so I I'm really excited for this one because yeah a lot of the pieces just like pull apart and go, oh, there's a bunch of cool yellow accents under there. Nice. With these, all these open vents. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, model building. Yeah, I've been doing model building. It's I've talked about this before. I, I really like the act of just taking a couple of hours to just sit and put something together and assemble and, you know, work towards a solid goal. I also feel with Gundams, like, there's... I mean, I've only built one, but, like, the the fact that there's so much to it that like it's so yeah. poseable and positionable yeah. and this, this like ways you yeah. can set it up the fact that the fingers sometimes like will have individual posing points yeah. is like that's incredible I and know. also the fact that you don't have to paint it is nice yeah like this pair of legs was a couple of hours yeah because uh, there's so many like little different layers yeah. on it like really nice detailing on this. I found one of the flaps that you can see, like, aha, the, the sort good. of gold section underneath. Uh, you can sort of get that to poke oh, out heck. as well. I know there's more bits like that on the legs, and <laughs> I can't remember where they all are. But that's always... That's Stealth half, awesome. That's half the fun, is being like, I made this, and now I get to play with it and find where all the cool things are that I remember building. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed that a lot with the one I built. Like, yeah. it's it's fun to just go, actually, did you know it does this? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm just like, oh, it's... I'm excited, mm-hmm. but I got the legs done, and I need to do the torso and the arms and the head, and then the big cool wings and the big weapon, and make it a whole big thing. But it's going to join this uh, this pink one with the big green energy scythe that's been just sat on my table for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sits next to my work desk. Terrible. Um, what about? Are we should we go back to the we were doing board game night. We were doing weren't board we? game night. Do you want to tell us about one of the things we played? Uh, we played. Uh, we played Boss Monster. Yes, which is a game we've had for a while. Yes, and not played much. No, I bought it for you a while ago. I think yeah. for a Christmas present or a UDP. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't remember specifics, but I feel like the first time we played it, something wasn't clicking. And we came back to it last night, and we had a lot of fun. Yeah, we got we got a, a chance to sort of play a couple of rounds of that, and it's like, 
it clicked a bit better, I think. And yeah. um, like I, I feel like it needs more. Because yeah. there, there was one point when it was like, go through the, the room deck or the discard deck to find something you want and just immediately build it. Yeah. And I looked through, and it was the first time I'd ever sort of sat and just looked through the deck. And I was just like, there's not a lot of advanced cards. Yeah. Because basically you have like standard rooms, you can build those, and then if you have an advanced card, you can build it on top of a room that has a matching mm. symbol on it. But like... It feels like there isn't a lot of opportunity to upgrade. And yeah. especially if you moved into like the three or four player game, that seems like that's really going to make it much more difficult to get through the second half of the game. Yeah. So to, to give the overview of what this is, because I don't think we've talked about the base uh, premise, you play the boss at the end of an RPG dungeon, and you are trying to build rooms that will damage the, the many heroes that try and come for your treasure. Uh, the different room types... Um, will entice different heroes, um, but sometimes you don't want to entice a hero if they're really strong and you don't have a strong enough dungeon to to you know deal with them yet. You might not want to entice them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only take so much damage, and if you kill a certain number of uh, heroes, you win. And it's basically create the strongest series of murder rooms you can while outbidding your opponent for uh, where the heroes are going to go. Yeah. It's it's a it's a really interesting concept. It's a short game. Yeah, you can get through it in about twenty minutes. Yeah, uh, apparently it can escalate a little bit when you've got more people. But I think the fact that it largely takes place like simultaneously. Yeah, like you you can get through it pretty quickly. You can have a maximum of five rooms. Um, like which the the turn order will very much depend on what your boss's XP is. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the the their level ups are obviously all different, and I think the ones with higher XP have slightly less good level-ups. Maybe? I, I assumed that would be the case, but I it's don't know. It's a bit know. of a sliding scale, but um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on with that game. Yeah, um, it's, it's a lot of balancing, like, turn to turn, you can only change up to one room in your dungeon and going... What what's going to get the best balance of people coming to me, but me also being deadly? Well, the other thing is, if in the early game, you've only had sort of fairly weak, um, like, room sets. Yeah. And they've all been in the same sort of two or three, um, like, room types. Yeah. You'll find that when you're going to upgrade, it's like, I, I need a thing that matches that. Yeah. Or I need to just start demolishing rooms somehow so that I can start again. Yes, exactly. It's it's difficult. Yes. I feel I feel like... It's the kind of game that you can have a slightly frustrating attempt at it, like the second game of it we played the other night, where I was just like, I'm not drawing anything that does more than like one damage mm-hmm. to any of the heroes that come in here. There is, no matter how strategic I am right now, there's nothing I can do to avoid taking damage. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I feel like that might have been what happened the first time around that made it not mm. click. Um. But like when it's working properly, that first game we played last night mm. was really fun. It was really tense. We had a really yeah. good back and forth. We were within about a point of each other on who was going to win. And it seems to be fairly nicely balanced for like how many of the sort of base level heroes there are. Yeah. Like that that by the time you've got through most of them, you've pretty much got five rooms. Unless you had that second game I had last night. <laughs> 
But yeah, I yeah. feel like yeah. Early on, you were choosing not to put rooms down. Well, yeah, because I was like, this this room has zero additional damage done, and it will just attract a hero to me, which will deal me damage. Mm. I don't want to attract that hero because I cannot kill it. Yeah, maybe some sort of mulligan system for that. Yeah, but I think there's definitely an interesting game there, and I want to play some more of it. I want to try playing it with more than two people. Mm. I think. If we play some more and continue to have fun with it, it might be worth getting some more cards for. I've been looking into the expansions, like what's yeah. actually in them. Um, there is a set that adds equipment. So yeah. basically, as well as the um, advanced and standard hero deck, you will have like an item deck as well. So you will turn over the first one of those. That will be equipped to the first hero that has like a matching symbol on them. So they will... Uh, but if they get through, through uh, the dungeon and get killed... You get to keep that item for yourself, hmm. and when you um, you can only have one piece of equipment at a time. Um, so once you've got more than that, you flip it over. It will stay in your like place as treasure, and there are like spell cards that you can do to get those back, like use previous ones. But other than that, it just like new one overwrites previous one. Yeah. So I suppose there's like a whole thing with that, and that I I would be interested to see what that's like. There's also like more rooms, more bosses, and the whole thing is tied together with this really beautiful eight-bit art style, which I just really like. Yeah, it's it has a lot of charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what about you? Played anything else? Uh, I'm sure I probably have. Uh, we played another thing together. We did. Uh, we played Magic: The Gathering. Yeah, we did. Uh, my continued quest to get myself out of Yu-Gi-Oh battle mechanics mode and understand how to play Magic: The Gathering properly is. I think- Practice is probably going to be a big yeah. I I feel like the pro- the thing that happens every time we play Magic is we'll play like three or four rounds, and by like the second or third round, I'll go like, "Oh, I get how combat works," and then we don't play for six months, and I completely <laughs> forget again. Like I don't think we've played like it needs to click, and then I need to play like four or five more games in that session. Yeah, but uh, we had a lot of fun. We did. Uh, I got to play with your green deck. You did. Uh, <laughs> which, I really enjoyed that green deck. It's, do you want to tell people about my constructed green deck? Yeah, so um, for anyone who doesn't know Magic the Gathering green, uh, as I understand it, is very much like swarm lots of resources, pump up those resources so they can get bigger and bigger. Um, lots of growth things. Lots um, of growth. And lots of spreading. The green deck that you put together was like, a lot of land, which is your resource for doing things. Well, it's not uh, so, it's well, n- not unbalanced for land. No, like, it has a sorry. standard percentage of it's, land. It's just got lots of ways of getting more land out. It's a lot of ability to generate more land or to play more land. Like, there's a lot of uh, there's a card that I was using a lot early on in games that was like, you can either draw two additional land or play two extra land this turn. So you could either get more land to you or get more of those cards out on the field the same way as like your Pokemon energies that you can only do one a turn. I'm sure there's um, one of those in there where you can play both at the same time. Uh, yes, that card does do that, but you have to tap extra, extra. land to get yeah. that ability, which I never had set up right. But um, yeah, there was that. There was a lot of stuff that generated 1-1 um, one, one tokens or added 1-1 one, one increases to Lots my existing stuff. stuff. Um, there was that big thing that has trample... 
And when it does damage, I get to summon that many tokens. It's the hive something. Yeah, uh, there was the there was the one that goes every time I play a land, I get to have a token. It it was really fun. Yeah, that that deck really fucking escalates. Yeah, and I I feel like I I feel like that green deck helped me get the magic combat thing because it finally clicked in my head when I went like because. I had all. I was outnumbering you in terms of number Hugely. of things, and you just weren't attacking. Yeah, me. because I was in the headspace of you have a thing that's bigger than than the, my biggest thing. If I attack, my my things my things will die. Um, without realizing, like you have to kind of be a little less precious and be like, here is my army. My army. Here is my army attacking you. You can stop some individual things, but can you stop the army? Yep. And that's sort of the headspace that, like, every other TCG I've played does not, you know. You play a Yu-Gi-Oh! or a Pokemon, it's like, no, you, at all costs, you don't want your thing to die. Don't send your thing out if you know it's it's going to get killed. Yeah, but when you've got, like, six token creatures, and then, like, a bunch of regular creatures, and then things that are just bolstering and bolstering and bolstering constantly, yeah, just, like... You can just you just literally just swarm over an an opponent. Yeah, and and I feel like like you could have won much quicker. You, yeah, you did win in the end. I I feel like I ultimately like that it clicked in my head what I should be doing a bit more, and I want to play with that deck a bit more so that I can really drill that in. Mm. Um, yeah, you were playing with your white I and black deck. black and white deck, yes. Oh. Wasn't having good draws on that. I think I need to rebalance it slightly. You weren't getting enough uh, black I wasn't lands. getting enough swamps, so I don't know what that was about, if it was just badly shuffled or what. Um, I feel like that deck is maybe trying to do too much. Like, it's got lots and lots of really good cards, and I built it up maybe over, like... Oh god, probably nearly twenty years now. Um, but it it doesn't do any one thing really well. And like maybe I just need to sit down and build a black or a white deck out of it. Yeah, because that green deck really benefited from every time I get a land, it's ex- it's going to help. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you've got like two black and two white out, yeah. That that deck is, you know, it's as playable as it as it can be because then every land you get, and then there's like some some lands that will generate both. There's a caustic tar in there which yeah. you can just attach to lands, and it will mm. damage you every time I tap that land. Yeah, there's some cool stuff in there. It just you need to get the right balance in your starting of black and white in your starting hand, otherwise you're a little screwed. Yeah. Um, and you can't mulligan for days. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I tried to be fairly easy going on the mulligan rule, oh, but, yeah, yeah. like... I, there's you, a certain you can't keep going until you get a perfect hand, There's but... a certain number of mulligans at which you go, I've not made a good deck if I need to mulligan this yeah, much. Yeah. Or I've just not shuffled it very well. Yeah. Or a bit of both. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely having trouble finding swamps last uh. night. And then, like... I The things I know that... that deck does well, like lots of direct de- uh, directly killing things and uh, generating like extra rats and things, I wasn't pulling out. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, don't get me wrong, like, I was doing reasonably well with white things. I had like lots of uh, flying creatures, which that was good for. Yeah. Things that were giving me more health. But nothing was really 
just decisive enough. Yeah. I, I don't know how much the the thinking carries over into magic from stuff like Yu-Gi-Oh, but I know one thing that was really important, at least back in the day when I was very into Yu-Gi-Oh, was um, when you're designing a deck, trying to trying to get it down to the minimum number of cards if possible, and then going every looking at every card you have in the deck and going, if I draw this, will it always be useful? Mm. Will it always be building towards whatever my end goal is? Or... Are there situations where I could draw this and it's it's nothing, it's unhelpful, it, it offers me nothing. And that that was a thing that I struggled with for a long time in in deck building is walking that line of this thing is super useful, dot 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 when it comes up at the right time. Yeah. And trying to balance that with less useful but is always useful. Mm. And that's I yeah, deck building is an interesting concept. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, like with that stuff, I've never really had anyone to sort of guide me on it. Yeah, I've because I've pretty much played. I I think like more collected Magic cards than really playing it yeah. with for probably the first ten years. That's totally like fair. there's been periods of like intense playing with a a, a single person or a group of people, yeah. followed by not playing it for like yeah. Three or four, three, I, five years yeah. at a time. I've I've not been playing much Yu-Gi-Oh recently, besides trying to put those decks together recently that I need to slim down. But I've been watching a lot of like uh, Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon competitive people talking about the mentality behind their deck building. Mm. Um, and yeah, the main things that like I've been trying to drill into my head are important for deck building are. Your deck should ideally have one end goal, which is like, this is the thing I'm always building towards. Everything is going towards this goal. Like, not having too many, like, divergent aims for how you're going to win. Mm. Um, card advantage, making sure that you have more things out in the field, more things in your hand. Um, you don't really want to be doing stuff that puts you down in card advantage. You want to be doing stuff that always pluses, pluses you in that economy. Um... Making sure the stuff you have in there is always useful as opposed to situationally useful. Um, and some of the traps of things that like seem like they would be good and then turn out not to be. Um, so yeah, I've been thinking a lot about deck building recently. And I, I want to have like... I honestly want to have a free weekend where I can just... There's two Yu-Gi-Oh decks I've got that are like, I think, pretty well on theme but above oh. card count. I just want to be able to lay the whole deck, every card out side by side and go... What do I not need in here? Mm. Um, and do a nice like slim down a deck. It'd also be quite nice to have just a deck building weekend anyway, because yeah. I'd like to take you through like some of the magic cards to build your own deck. Yeah, I think you would have fun with a blue deck. I'd I'd like to have a weekend where we could do that. Where maybe we could build a Pokemon deck as well, yeah. build a Yu Gi Oh deck, and then just play them all. Yeah, I I'd really like to have a deck building weekend. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, over UDP we'll get some time. <laughs> that'd be lovely. Have you played anything else this week? Uh, I'm still playing through Control. I'm not very good at it. And, like, I got to a bit last week when I was playing, and I don't really understand what happened. I was, it was, the instruction was, go here, do this. So I went there, and I killed everything, and then nothing else spawned. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll just wander off somewhere else in the world. So I went for a big wander around the world, couldn't find any particular solutions, came back to that room, and all of a sudden loads more things spawned, and cleared the way ahead. 
It's like, bug. A, a, was that a bug or was that just irritating? Who who knows? Video, video games. Video what's video intentional, games. what's not, we'll never know. Like, I love the art style of that game. I love the weird brutalist architecture mixed with the surrealism of, of when the hive has its effects. I don't particularly care for the enemies. They're just really annoying. Um, like similar with the Alan Wake games, I don't particularly like the gunplay. That's fair. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't feel it's meaty enough. Hmm. Um, like I, I've, despite having like the the psychic throwy power, yeah, like my punching doesn't feel like it's really doing anything, especially to the point where it's like. Hey, do more punching. Okay, I'll tr- I'll try and do some more punching, and then like then you you'll punch someone a couple of times. Someone else will one hit you from like nowhere. Yeah. Like, well, okay. So back to the shooting, I guess. Uh. Yeah. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it's just the point in the game I am, but I feel really underpowered constantly. Yeah. I I don't know exactly where you're at right now, so I can't help on that, but. There's, it's not the best game in the world, but there's a lot to love in it. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm liking the art style and stuff, and I'm, I'm, kind of liking the plot, and the puzzles have been okay, but sometimes like nav, well, navigating that fucking map. Yeah. Um, like, what exactly am I supposed to do in this room? And if you kind of miss, miss the idea of a room, I like I misunderstood where I was supposed to be going at one point and spent maybe 10 minutes trying to jump through up like stack things up to jump through a hole in the wall I'm guessing I have to wait until I have the power of flight I think so but yeah. like it took me a while to just go I just can't do this can I yeah and actually the map wasn't quite pointing in that direction uh but yeah um control it's pretty but um it, annoying in many ways yeah, I play it and I'm like, I like all the cool superpowers. I kind of wish I was playing Alan Wake. I'd, I'd, I I know, I know, it's not your jam, but I really liked Alan Wake. I'm glad you liked Alan Wake. Uh, got any others? The only other thing I played this week is I played more uh, Pokemon on the 3DS. Um, I actually played through the story mode, uh, mainly because I needed to go get the shiny charm, which mm. increases your odds of catching shinies. So that I could more effectively go shiny hunt. So I'm currently literally just in a field, reloading the game, encountering a Pokemon. Is it a shiny? No. Reset. Um, so for most of the Pokemon that I want to get as shinies in that 3DS game, the most effective method is either like chain capturing or um, egg hatching. There are various methods there that work really quickly. I'm not doing any of those. I want to get some shiny legendaries, and there's no way to increase your odds of them being shiny. You just have to 1 in 4,000 roll the dice on them. So I'm like, you know what? I'll stick some telly on or stick a podcast on and go, reset, mash A, see the thing. Is it shiny? Nope. Soft reset. Yikes. So I... I... I enjoy just I just I enjoy doing things that like are not supposed to be doable and repetitively doing a task to eventually get a reward. It makes a little bit of my brain go. I pressed button until until lights did flashy. I did good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> um, you played anything else this week? That is everything I played. Well then, time for this. Time for this. 
Oh, I'm so fucking tired today. Yeah, mate, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, so it's been a long week. Yeah. Oh, you're sure right. It's been a really long week. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, it's it's only Thursday, but just feels like it's been a, a lot already. Well, it's just not that hours in the day, is there? No, I mean, I, I just wish there was more time, you know, I just feel constantly exhausted. Oh, goodness. Hi, are you ready to order? Oh, yeah, do you... Do you fancy around? Did you uh, sleep for you? Uh, yeah, yeah, cheers. Sleep for you, please. Sleep for you. Uh-huh. Sleep for you. Hmm. Yeah, we, uh, go on, It's on me. Round, round, of, round of sleeps on me. We'll have a round of sleeps. I'll get the next one. In. Detective, detective, I, I, over here. Yep, yep, yep. I'm over here, over here. This is the the crime scene. As you can see, there's uh, bits of lettuce and tomato, like really limp lettuce, and that's Ooh. just not. We tried some of the tomato. It was really bitter. Goodness, what do you think's happened? Well, we can see that the the victim here's been asphyxiated. It appears that they've just had their entire esophagus just filled with badly made undressed salad Goodness. and just nasty limp chips. Who would do this? Why would they do this? What's what's going on? I mean, looking at the the patterns, I mean, there's spatter marks of, of the lettuce over there. There's seeds over here and up the walls. I, I feel like this might have been some kind of crime of passion. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Someone who was just tired of only having the option of badly made limp underdressed <laughs> salads and and cold floppy chips. Yeah. Ah, uh, I I think I see where this is going. Is this the vegan killer that only got offered terrible meal options? and not a proper meal killer again. You've struck again. If only someone would offer them some Linda McCartney sausages. Right, at least, just at least. So, huh. what wood in your eyes? Well, we put a thing in our eyes together. We did. Should we talk about Star Trek Discovery? Oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, so we've both uh, independently tried watching this before. You got pretty deep in. I got like seven episodes into the first season. Uh, I got like four episodes into the first season the first time round, and I think the reason why I struggled with it was we'd been out dancing the night before, and we tried to watch it while I was like sleep deprived and needing to recover, Yeah, which is not the most uh, attentive moment. Not really. And that show has like a lot of plot happening and a lot of characters getting introduced. Uh-huh. You need to have your brain switched on. Kinda. Um, but this time, I was not sleepy when we watched it. And oh my god, that show is good. And every time you keep thinking you've hit like, oh, this is surely the season finale, the apex of where this <laughs> story is going before it plateau. No, nope. no, no. Have a bit more. Ah. Uh, the roller coaster of emotions I went on with yeah. this show. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I mean, content warning for it. I think, and and skip ahead for spoilers, like thirty seconds for season one. For season one, I'm killing the gays. Why do they have to kill the other oh. gays? Ah, uh, the the up and down of. They're killing, they're, they're letting both the gays get away happy. No, they're killing them. No, they're happy. No, they're killing them. Oh, they killed one of them. Oh, they killed both of them. Oh, they actually, one of them is alive. Yeah. I went on a gay roller coaster. Big gay roller coaster. Uh, but, yeah, we've got season two to watch. Um, I think, I think, 
the fact that we were two episodes from the end of season one and going, but how is this not the end yet? <laughs> like, A, where are they going? Or B, how can they wrap this up in two episodes? Right. Because, like, they either have to wrap it up or escalate it. How, where? <laughs> where what do? Where what do? If this had been Voltron, that would have been, like, four seasons. Yeah, but also you'd have got the the seasons, like, three weeks apart from each other. Yeah, you would. Yeah, as opposed to the many years or whatever. Are they still putting out more seasons of, uh... I believe, like, there's a new season recently come out or coming out. Uh, what, of Discovery? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I, I didn't know what the situation with Discovery was. That, that garden party we were at recently, two people were talking about the new season happening, so... Uh, well, that's alright then, hooray. In my brain, for some reason, I thought it had maybe gotten cancelled, and I, I was like... I believe so, I could I, be wrong. I didn't think so either, but that's good to know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you are looking for some good, um... Some good Star Trek, this is probably some of the best Star Trek out there. There's some real good track. Yeah. It is a good trick. Um, I like the fact that they're using stuff from the original series, like yeah. slightly rebooted daily. I um, really like our main cast of characters. I'm a big fan of of um, scientist uh, mycologist. Um, oh. I like Chili. I like Michael Burnham. Ah, uh, I like um alien dude. That's always like you're doing a bad job, Michael. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love I love this whole party so much. I just wish all those cool looking background characters in the yeah uh, like the, where's the I want to where's the rest of the bridge crew? Yeah. I want to speak to the rest of the bridge. I crew. I want a whole episode about that cool android lady on the bridge. Yeah, I don't know who you are, but your character design is amazing. Yeah, you have consistently the most impressive visual design for your character. Why do you not get to do more cool shit? Right. I suppose you know that the, there's plenty to plan ahead with. I with know, that. I know. I want, I want them to be the protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> I at least want to know more about them. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and I hope that, like, as the series goes on, we will have that because, like, we've come into season two. They've introduced a, a whole new character, yeah. which has kind of changed the dynamic a bit because they're a bit more quirky. Should I say? Yeah, yeah. They're a bit more sort of like action guy. Um, we'll see how long they are a thing. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I'd be interested to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, more also like more more Burnham. Yeah, more Burnham. Always more Burnham. Burnham is good. And more, I cannot can never remember his name. The mycologist. Uh, neither can I. But that. Nerdy, nerdy, adorable science boy. Yeah. He's, he's so sweet. He's so sweet. I love him. Uh, mm-hmm. well, have, have you watched anything else this week? That is a good question. I have, in fact, watched something else this week. Yeah. I watched uh, Harry Brewis, H. Bomber Guy, uh, at the XOXO Festival 2019. Well, what is this? I know who H. Bomber Guy is. I don't know the rest of these words. Um, so, do you know XOXO Festival? I don't know, like, what the background is of that, but Wait. it's, like... A series of talks, as oh. far as I've seen. Like I saw uh, Neil Cicerega's one. I think I mentioned this previously. Yeah, um, yeah. I I didn't know this was a thing, but it yeah, seems to be like a series of talks by people to some other people. Um, <laughs> and I think like the Neil Cicerega one was just like internet personality and talking about how his his history of how he came to be on the internet and be a known person and. Why he do what he do and how he do. Uh, but uh, H-Bomber Guy did, like, a 
40 odd minute um, talk about the um the the trans live stream recently. Oh yeah. And yeah. about like how that came to be and what it was originally intended to be and just where it escalated to and what came of that. Yeah. And it, it basically started as, yeah, I just want to like grind up, wind up, uh, Graham Lennon. Yeah. Um, uh, just, just, just out of spite, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then just like, I'm going to, I'm going to do a thing. We'll try and raise 500 quid. How's that? And then like going, okay, I'm a number of hours in. I need to go to sleep. Um, so I'm going to put like a, plastic skeleton in my chair leave the camera on you can see my socks poking out from under the bed covers in the background i'm going to bed and leave friends in charge and friends just went okay i guess we'll find some trans people to talk to (laughs) so that's how they sort of gathered that momentum of getting like more people on to talk about what was happening and how casey got involved yeah. And um and then like obviously like all the huge celebrities involved uh where yeah. you got contacted at some point. Yeah, I ended up on there for a bit talking about um trans stuff and yeah. how that intersects with um non neurotypicalness. Yeah. Um and um they were talking about the uh I can't remember who it was, the person who was trying to raise funds for a wheelchair. Yeah. And that, that got sort of done in about Four minutes. Oh, they they'd been trying for months and months and months and were barely making any progress. And then it's like, oh, four minutes. There's your wheelchair. <laughs> Just hit refresh. And I'm actually over budget for that. Thank you. <laughs> um. So that was that sort of all that stuff. That was little really pocket nice. of purity. That pocket of purity, and also talking about the fact that um, with PayPal to uh, accept funds in foreign currencies, you have to like click and accept on it. Yeah. Which meant. But after the stream was over, he was basically going through having to just repeatedly hit accept on things and just thinking about how beautiful it was that people from all over the world were just like, here's some rubles and here's some this and here's some that. <laughs> just like, wow, that's that's really awesome. Um, and it was just a nice little story and just some of the silliness like writing on his head and then going yeah. to the shops. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> And and just like how that that went and getting through that story and why is Beaver bother? <laughs> yeah, and to the point that now Donkey Kong says trans rights is just a meme that yeah. exists, and how the the thanks Graham hashtag happens. Yeah. Oh, Graham's so fucking salty about that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, how do you beat Beaver Bob? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was just a really nice little talk that yeah. popped up in my recommended. And Aww. I've never watched Ape Trauma Guy, so... He's, he's a lovely boy. Mm-hmm. What about you? Got any others? Yeah, I've got a couple of other things. Um, I've continued my sort of slow uh, plodding through Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc 5, or Arc V, the, the Yu-Gi-Oh! series about pendulum summoning. Um, continues to be, like, really mixed. Um... My my biggest thing that just like I it just doesn't gel with me is that they're acting like a lot of these types of summoning are things that are new and never existed before this series, and I'm like, uh, no, that doesn't line up with at least how I understand Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, they have this gimmick where all of the times when they're dueling, there are these like cards scattered around the arena, and if they physically go and get a card, they can have an extra card to use. And I'm like, no, just just give me duels and. As this first season has gone on, like, 30 episodes deep, 
they are now sometimes doing duels where they are not doing the gimmick stuff, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually quite enjoying this, and they're no longer acting like fusion summoning is this amazing new technique that no one's ever done before. Um, Now that that's all settled down a bit, and they've gotten into the end of the world, magic, alternate dimensions, people who are clones of other people, now they've got into that shit, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. I'm on board for... I'm I'm dueling because maybe I have the soul of someone else trapped inside me and there's people from other dimensions on motorcycles trying to play cards while on motorbikes. I'm like, this is getting weird, but like... In a good way. In a good way. I'm enjoying the weird shonen anime stuff now that now that it's less... Oh my goodness, there's such thing as synchro summons! What are those? Who's heard of that? Oh. It's a little less of that now and I'm enjoying it more. Yay. Uh... I don't know whether I'll stick with it beyond one season, but I've determined over the course of a few months I will get through season one and go, yeah, yeah I've seen it now. There you have. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it, really. Uh, so, I got around to watching one thing that you talked about a, cu- uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Oh, yes. Um, and I won't go into too much um, specifics because of the, the topic involved. Um... I watched Cameron uh, Cameron Esposito's uh, stand-up set, Rape Jokes, and I largely agree with your thoughts on it. Um, I think that it was a really good stand-up show for um, <laughs> touching on a difficult topic without making the victims the punchline. Mm. Um Making a lot of, doing a lot of just like unconnected good stand up, but also doing a lot of good stand up about, you know, here are the logical flaws with people who, you know, say, oh, PC culture, and, you mm. know, um, how just saying the word rape in and of itself isn't a punchline. That's not a good joke. Um, and some really moving stuff in there. I think it was a really fucking well put together hour of comedy. Yeah. That is a very talented comedy person. Mm. Um, anything you disagreed with? Uh, not like in the top of my head. Was there anything you disagreed no, with? No, it, it was just that you said that you largely agreed with me. So I wondered if there was anything you hadn't agreed with. Ah, uh, honestly, nothing I can think of. Um, I think that um, the set did a good job of um, acknowledging when it was simplifying topics. Like, there's that little bit of discussion at the beginning about like, yeah, I'm gonna say men and women here, and like. We we know that that's not a thing, and you don't you don't have to talk in binaries when we leave this room. But like for the sake of telling a quick snappy story, I'm going to use some binary terms and finding good ways to do like like to, to talk about the fact generalizations were going to get made without breaking up the flow of the comedy and making that a humorous part of what yeah. was going. I on. I mean, it helps that until recently she was married to a non-binary person. Yeah, yeah, I. I just think it was a very good set that's well worth yeah. watching. Yeah. Um, I I waited until I felt ready for it, and I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. And uh, I'm just double checking. I've not watched anything else. Um, oh, actually, we watched a couple of things together. Um, we discovered there is a reason for me to turn on the Xbox One that's in our house. Oh yeah, we did. Um, so College Humor, we've talked about before. They have a paid subscription thing called Dropout, where they have a bunch of uh, original programming, and pretty good yeah so until now it has existed as a website and a phone app and then not there's been no convenient way to put it on the tv uh there's no ps4 app yeah and then we discovered there's an xbox one app so i was like well i guess i'll turn the xbox back on 
and we can watch some shows Just together. Brush the dust off this. Honestly, I had to go. I was like, where? Batteries I, in the controller. Do I, do I have a remote uh, controller? Yes, I do, but it needs batteries. Um. So yeah, we watched a couple of dropout shows. Uh, we watched Game Changers. We watched oh. a few episodes of that. Um, the general concept is it's a game show show, but every episode the conceit of the game show changes and they don't tell the players what the rules are. They just have the to start. sort of work it out on the fly. Yeah, we we watched one where it was an impromptu murder mystery game. Yep. Um... Uh, we watched one where they it was players having to make sounds of various things. It started very easy, like, make the sound of a cow. And it sort of escalated to, here's a picture. What do you think that picture would sound like? And um, became a sort of character acting game. Yeah, which was brilliant fun. Uh, I think my favourite might be the, uh, do we have this prize behind the curtain game? <laughs> where the whole <laughs> conceit is just, they'll say a thing like, um, dinner for two at a two-star Michelin restaurant, and you just say yes or no, and How then either points the... do you want to bet on that? Yeah, you bet some points on it with the sort of who the conceit seems to be whoever gets the most points will get the things that they have in their basket, yeah. and there's just this hand that will either bring a thing out or just no, no, no. I want to know more about that fold-out guitar. Yeah, right. right. Um, there was a whole section where they have a bunch of pieces of paper there, and they're like, there are prizes on those bits of paper, can you get them in the bin? Go. <laughs> um, the I've never seen someone's rise and fall better than... <laughs> it the, really that, good. that one competitor who fucking skyrocketed and crashed was yeah. beautiful. Um, I I would really recommend if someone wants to, in, to see what Game Changers is about, like... That's that's the one to watch, I yeah. think. Um, and the other one we watched was Total Forgiveness. We watched some episodes of. Do you want to yeah. talk about that? Um, so it was pitched by two members of the College Humor cast who have huge college debt. Yeah, like, and given that they are on a network proposed to be humor for college grads, yeah, and students like that should be a thing. Yeah. perhaps they address. But it basically becomes humiliating themselves for cash. Yeah, but like it, it does you. It does every now and then bring up like it. It does some interesting conversations about the college debt they system. They certainly do. Yeah. Like uh, they start. They talk about the numbers of their debt, like this sort of sixty to ninety grand. Um, about you know the the stress of trying to avoid creditors. Um, they interview some people to do with col- with student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there was there was that bit in the second episode where they get their first like you won checks and then it's like yeah but tax tax fucked tax fucked you um like they it, it's sort of and that also the yeah. phone call from the the loan people going actually you're gonna have to start paying us more than you have been previously yeah and we know you have two jobs to pay for that I, so far here's here's the thing like essentially it's it's a prank show I guess. It's it's two people messing with each other. Yeah, in but, a sort of vaguely jackass kind of way. Yeah, but with this kind of heartwarming undercurrent of they're doing this because they know at the end of it, like, there, there might... There will be ten grand shaved off there. Well, uh, well, yeah. Up to ten grand shaved well, off Well, no, there. the final episode is ten grand. If, if they both do all the challenges the whole way through, they each get thirty-five grand. Which still leaves one of them with, like, sixty grand's worth of debt. Yeah, but that's still... It's a chunk Series of... Series 2! <laughs> yeah, well, as he was saying, like, uh, for I think it was Grant that had 90-odd 90, 90 grand. Yeah. It's like, 
That will pay off one of his loans, which means it will stop accruing interest, which means that, like, his monthly money that's taken away yeah. will be less. Good. And, like, he'll have, like, hundreds extra a month because of that. And I'm like, I'm glad. I'm glad it won't just re-vanish back into the system. But yeah. But it's... at the same time, just the, the whole concept of student debt is just yeah. appalling. Well, like, I, I like that there is some stuff in this where they address oh, yeah. those realities. Oh, like, no, I love, I love those um, bits, but... I think I think it's really good when Grant talks about like, hey, I work an internet job where people know who I am. I still wait tables, and I spend seven hundred dollars a month on my student loans. I can barely afford to eat some months. Yeah. Uh, that whole conversation about the broken car, where it's like it's leaking oil. It's leaking oil, and this huge chunk fell off my my exhaust recently. And I keep it in the car in case it's important. And yeah, like, yeah. No. Capitalism. Woo. Yeah, it's... I'm curious to keep watching it. Um, I think the only reason I have kept watching it is because it is them that came up with the idea. Yeah. Them that have done it, like, they they come up with the, the things for each other. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I think this is the kind of show where I'd go, it's not for me. Well, this it's is... unnecessarily yeah. well, I Yeah, here's the thing, like, if this had been their boss who runs the company yes. had gone, this is what you're doing this week, I don't think I'd enjoy it. And he even kind of touches on that. He's like, there are ethical concerns to me as the person who pays you inflicting pain on you. But the two of them were very much like, we know, this to each other. We'll, we'll do this to each other. We're both, you know, consenting. And whatever happens, we get 70 grand out of our com- uh, company that will help someone pay off their student debts. Even if it's not both of us, like... I, the thing that is in my head is I think if one of them didn't do a challenge one week, I think they'd still be really happy for the other person that they mm. got twice as much money that week off their student debt. Yeah. And that's kind of heartwarming. Yeah. And it never seems malicious. They're, you know, they have a bit of a laugh at each other, but at the end they're like, oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a sweet show. Yeah, I'm more into the Oompa Loompa thing than I am, say, the shot collar. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it, I'm curious to see where the escalation will go. I know one of the future epi- like I I know one of the future ones. Um, Ali, yeah, I know in an upcoming episode, Ali has to uh, sing in front of a uh, sing the national anthem in front of a sports arena, and you know that's the sort of thing where it's not going to hurt them to do it. No, it's going to be you know nerve wracking and uncomfortable, but it's not you're not electrically shocking them no. or something. It's can you deal with the fact that someone might, you know, you might have a slightly embarrassing encounter afterwards for five grand of your student debts? Mm. Yeah, and, and Ali admits that they're not good at singing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot. But again, it's... It feels like the thing in certain states, they'd probably, like, attack you with bottles and shotguns. <laughs> yeah. It's... <laughs> It's an interesting little show I want to watch more of. Um, uh, oh, and we started watching Dimension 20 as well. We did. We watched the first episode of Dimension 20. Uh, there are some really interesting characters in that yes, school setting D&D adventure. Yeah. I I think the problem at the moment is I feel like I've got so many D&D podcasts and things going it's on. Too many characters to keep in your head. It's not just that, like... I've got, like, uh, Adventure Maidens and Dames and Dragons, which are both, like... Hour ninety minute episodes. Yeah, 
And then there's like uh, obviously um, uh, the Adventure Zone, which yeah. is what maybe like maybe an hour, hour and a half, sometimes up to two hours. Not too yeah. bad. And then there are things like Dimension Twenty and uh, Unexpectables, which are like. Full D and D sessions. This oh. is a, like a three-hour session. Yeah, we're gonna like play proper fucking D and D. Here is a two-hour session that basically just introduces the characters. Oh yeah, and and, and follows all the rules. And, yes, and like does full combat encounters. Indeed, rather than like streamlining things. Yeah, which you know there is a place for all of those kinds, but yeah. also there's only so many hours in the day. Indeed, but. I I mainly like. Hey, I'm glad that we have to drop out because I want to watch that um, Dimension Twenty series they're going to do with the McElroys. Mm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, give me another McElroy D and D campaign mm-hmm. where we get to see them on video doing voices. Heck, yeah. Right. I think that's everything I have watched. I think you're right. Well, time for this. We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? This week's sponsor. Well, do you want a place to get cheap stuff off the internet? Y- yes, I do. Do you want, like, do you, are you willing to wait just a bit longer for it to come? Well, yeah, because then it's basically a present to myself. I'll forget I ordered it. It'll be a surprise for future me. Exactly. It'll be, you know, relatively cheap. Yeah. But it'll be, it'll be more manageable. Plus... You can have this whole added game of the humour of what you will get suggested. Oh, I see. Where I can look through the many weird and wonderful suggestions that apparently someone wants. Exactly. So let's say you bought some patches for a hoodie or something. Yeah, yeah. Then, you know, maybe next month they'll be suggesting some plasters for your face. Yeah. Or with a a weird design of dog poos on. Or, or, you know, it might still be patches, but the patches are things like, uh, are you a gamer born on a Wednesday who likes Celine Dion? Question mark, exclamation mark, and a picture of a fish. I mean, that's very, 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 very specific. And it's the kind of thing we're probably going to find on this week's sponsor. Exactly. I mean, did you recently go looking to see if you could find twisty puzzles on there? Perhaps an anal hook. <laughs> or some nipple clamps. Yeah. All of these things can be yours on magicalrequest.lol.net. Goodness. If I look far enough through that site, can I find maybe those last two things combined? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Do you want, like, some nipple clamp bath plugs? They'll they'll go in the bath and hold the water in. And all you basically have to do to pull the water out is just lean back, essentially. Magicalrequest.lol.net Yeah, and if you just head over there and click on the Twisty Puzzle anal hook and enter the code QNPS88, you too can get yourself all manner of amazing things at 5% off your first order. Oh, goodness. So that's magicalrequest.lol.net. Head over there today. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi, hi, hi. Uh, how's uh, business been going today? Business is 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 going great. You know, we've we've had all that China stuff going on, but still, somehow, we're making just huge amounts of money. It's fine. It's fine. As much as people will say, "Oh, we're not going to support you. Oh, we're going to renew, not renew our subscription." Pe- people still buy our. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, but the like, number of people who actually look at the internet and see what we've done, fucking drop in the bucket. And let's be honest. Like, the people that do all the outrage, they're 
still secretly playing our games. Exactly. And, you know, that number who are boycotting us, definitely smaller than the number of people who would boycott us if we were against China. <laughs> exactly. So, so, what have you been working on while this is all being hubbubbing out there? Well, you know, I think uh, maybe generating some goodwill. You know, every now yeah. and again we have to do something that keeps them on the hook. Keeps them on the so hook long term. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? I have a suggestion. How about uh, a game with no microtransactions? No microtransactions. No way to buy your way ahead. <gasps> no, no uh, season passes. No DLC. I feel like you're you're stabbing me in the in the in the torso here. What 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 what? I don't even understand the concept. How about this? We take a game. Yeah. And you know how people really like those hard games right now? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, get good, scrub. Yeah. The fact that, you know, it's so tough that you can barely beat it is the appeal. But what if we took that a step further? What if we took it from could barely beat it to was actually impossible? Are you suggesting we do that thing that we did back in the 80s where we used to make our games incomplete and then just make them so hard no one knew? Exactly. It's a classic. It's a classic. I I don't know why we stopped doing it. We've not done it in a few decades. We got caught a couple of times. People hacked into the code and realized that actually there wasn't a final level to the game. Yeah. So how, how about this? How about this? We go in the game code and we make like an empty room and we label it final boss room. You know, we put some dummy files in there that make it yeah. look like we made a final, yeah. you know, because then less work for us. Also, we can like just corrupt those files because they'll never be accessed. It yeah, won't be yeah, a problem. Yeah. Exactly. It won't fuck with the rest of the program. But uh, when people go in and look, they'll be like, hey, it, it does exist. Uh, must have been something to do with when I extracted it from the... Yeah, from, yeah, the, from the mainframe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they extracted it from the rest of the files. But uh, obviously, they'll be running it straight from our cloud service anyway. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it'll be much harder to find any of that out. <sighs> you are fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what have you listened to? Oh, I've listened to a bunch of just different tracks. I've been hopping around bits of music. Um, That's happen. Okay, so I listened to a track called Pathetic by a band called Blame Candy. Uh, really interesting sound. It's kind of pop mixed with a bit of grunge to give it this like slightly raw, distorted guitar sound and like kind of slightly droning rock vocals over like quite a pop melody. Um, there's occasional interesting bits of, like, ethereal, almost 90s boy band intervals and, like, electro-vocal interludes. It plays around with a lot of different sounds. It's just a really audibly interesting track that tries a lot of adventurous things. So that's a track I would recommend. Sounds good. What else you got? Uh... Let, let me know when you want to say a thing. I don't want to steamroll ahead. You steamroll ahead, you've got way more than I do. Okay, um, another track I listened to this week was called U.S. Gay by Sons of an Illustrious Father. Um, it's a sort of punk track, but definitely on like the softer end of punk. Um, there's two vocalists switching back and forth, one sort of masculine, one more feminine uh, vocalist, singing about how, as a queer person... If you know that there's every chance you're going to get beaten up for being who you are, 
if you exist quietly and nicely, you might as well fuck shit up, get in the way, make some change, what have you got to lose? It's it's this sort of punk view of look, people are gonna people are gonna hate me regardless of what I do, so like they might as well hate me because I'm actually making some fucking change. Um which I think is like a, it's a nice powerful sentiment to mm. that. That sort of oh, if people already hate me, why should I give a shit? Yeah. Um, yeah, which I thought was really nice. Um there's a track called Abnormal by a band called Mutant Monster. A really upbeat Japanese punk track. Um, Femme vocalists. I could not find English translated lyrics anywhere. So Hopefully it's not problematic. I, I, give the, I give the disclaimer, for all I know, it could be problematic lyrics. If anyone can find English translated lyrics for me, I would super appreciate it. But it's got a nice but tune. I really enjoyed the energy of the track. Like It's the kind of thing that I was having a real sort of good bouncy bop to and... Uh, the the fact that it's called abnormal in my head, I'm like, it's probably about being like an outcast of some kind, and probably isn't too problematic. Fingers crossed, I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a track that I listened to this week called "Introvert Party Time" by Psycho Stick. Oh, I know them. Yeah, Psycho Stick. Um, is a sort of heavy metal comedy track about not being good with people but still wanting to be a bit of a party animal. Um. So it sings, the track sings about things like, um, you know, throwing a party at home just for yourself, or going out to social events but having your own sort of introvert safety net stuff with you, or seeking out the other introverts at a party to go, oh god, I, I needed to do this but there's a lot of people, huh? And finding those little pockets of solidarity in social situations. Mm. Um, really nice little track, a little bit, uh, it relies a little bit heavily on the lol sports ball people are bad, huh? You know, which is like, you know, kinda of, kinda of dismissive. Uh let people be excited about what they're excited about. But um uh, uh, put aside the couple of instances of oh sports ball. It's it's a really nice it's a really nice track. Um Some more? You want some more? Okay. Uh there's a track called Voidfish, brackets plural. By Rachel Rose Mitchell. Um, it is themed around the Adventure Zone. The the Void Fish. It's brackets the, the one that they actually used in the episode. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe it is used in the episode. Because um, I, was, I was looking at that artist name, I was like, I'm pretty sure Rachel Rose Mitchell has been mentioned in the Adventure Christian Zone credits. Kristen mentions it in the interlude for the final episode. Or not the final episode necessarily, it might be the, the one before that. Yeah, you, you have re-listened more recently than I have. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's it's a track you will probably know or, or recognize when it you know you start listening to it if you've listened through the Adventure Zone balance. Um, re- just this really quiet, calm, beautifully ethereal track that um, builds in lots of layers of other instruments over it to build into this very dramatic, adventurous crescendo, and it's just a really lovely track. Hmm. Uh, Anything uh, for you? Uh, yeah, I have listened to some more of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. Oh, yeah? Which I've been enjoying. Uh, I'm listening to them backwards. Oh, yes. So I heard an, an intern on the show one day when you were listening in the house, and then a few days later I heard them talking about how they were going to get their first intern. Yeah. There's a bit of that going on. We were travelling backwards in time. Um, I've started doing this with that sort of podcast recently, where it doesn't really matter what order you listen to them yeah. in. Yeah. Um, although it is quite nice to sort of 
hear a thing come out and they talk about like a particular game that's just come out and then like going back and hearing them hyping up to this thing it's like ah I know how that comes out <laughs> but like uh, I just got to the the live episodes and those are quite nice and I've st- I did it with the a lot with the um um, my brother, my brother, and me. Yeah, same. It's interesting to sort of listen to them backwards because they get less and less woke, and eventually you just go, mm, "Okay, that's far back enough for me." Yeah, uh, and like I think that's kind of my thing now for anything. Like I think I would listen to Queer and Pleasant Strangers backwards as well. It's like mm, the quality of this show as it heads towards the first five episodes. <laughs> it's it's sort of slipping a bit. I- Here's the thing, I, I, I do that with stuff as well, like, I enjoy listening backwards through, um, like, uh, Trends Like These, that, uh, sort of trending yeah. news podcast, I will go backwards through that and find, listen to news backwards through time, or video game podcasts, I'll go, like, sometimes I'll just jump backwards and go, two th- the year 2008, what was the news happening? Mm. What were people excited for that I now know how happened? Yes. Hi, a traveller from the future. Wish to see how the news was going. I wish to see how your news is. <laughs> um, the only other thing I've really listened to is um, a chill hop track uh, called Long Way Home, or one word, by Fennec and Delady. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of a, a nice, gentle, lazy guitar track with, like, clock ticking sounds and a nice vinyl crackle. Yeah. It's really sort of chill and, and peaceful and well it's chill hop, so I guess that's kind of the expected thing. Um yeah. It's yeah. just a nice track. Lovely. I think the only other thing I've listened to is I've been listening to some ninja sex party. <gasps> Cause by the time you hear this episode, if you're listening the day it goes up, I will be at a ninja sex party gig in, in London. Um yeah, Nin- Ninja Sex Party is this weird sort of comedy band. Um, I my my favorite weird my little favorite little bit of trivia about this band is that the the guitarist who dresses up like a ninja and never speaks is a um, astrophysics professor or something um, who was trained at Oxford and decided ah I don't want to use the I, I don't want to use my degree to talk about maths and science. I'm gonna go silently play a ninja in the back of some comedy videos. Why the damn um, not? Yeah, it's it's this pair of people who have a, a sort of persona of characters, uh, Danny Sexbang and Ninja Brian, and basically it boils down to Danny Sexbang likes to think he is good at sex, but he's not very good at sex, and his attempts to seduce people go very badly wrong for him, and um, lots of silly, very, just very, like, Songs from a perspective of I'm amazing, I'm great. Uh, maybe I'm not, but it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm great. Um, lots of very silly premises. Um, I today was listening to one about no reason boners, about just erections that happen for no reason and how they can ruin scenarios. I remember those. That's a yeah. That that is not a thing I miss. It was not a fan. I, I do not. I do not miss that. Um, they they also have like. Just some very serious covers of other songs that are just really nice covers that aren't silly, you know, comedy tracks. But I've been going back through having a bit of a giggle at some songs that are just like, this is just silly good fun. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing too nothing too harmful about this. It's just someone singing about, like, I'm definitely amazing at sex. Believe me, I'm definitely good at it. I, I believe you, Brian <laughs> and, and, and Danny. 
Uh, I think that's everything I've listened to this week. Well, and <gasps> time for this. Time for this. Do you find these days that everyone's too busy working to go and see a film? Finding three hours in my schedule that I'm not busy is a nightmare. How about trying Headflix? Tell me more. We'll download a film directly into your brain. You'll get the full movie in crystal clarity with perfect sound and no disruption or bits of popcorn stuck in your teeth. That sounds perfect. Thanks, Headflix. Headflix. Because who has time? Hello, welcome to the Fragility Support Group meeting. If we could just go around the room and... Who who wants to speak first? Hi, um, I'm an egg. My fragile shell means that I'm quite often broken before I even make it home from the shops. I'm, you know, I'm able to be opened up and that uh, and that's good, but it's very easy to, to, to damage me and that's that's something I have to live with. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. That's lovely. Who's next? Hi, I'm the bubble. I'm struggling to hold myself together. A gust of wind at the wrong time, or just a minor change to my surface tension, and poof, pop, I'm gone. It's hard to do anything really in life when you're at constant risk of popping. Thank you again for sharing. That's it's lovely to see you back, and and I hope that the group is helping. Um, uh, next up, we've got someone new who's who's not been here before. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Clive. I guess I'm just uh, just a, a nice guy, you know. I I think the thing is, like, I I probably have it harder than anyone here, you know. It's uh, it's it's a real real tough thing, you see, because like sometimes there'll be like a woman. In a, in, a, in in one of my superhero films or shows, like they'll just put a woman in, just a woman, just one of, one of them, just to turn up in in one of the superhero shows, and like that really hurts me on a personal level because like women, ooh. Oh goodness, I I think we should I I think we should all make space for you. Um, I think of everyone here, you're probably the most fragile. I'm I'm glad I'm somewhere where you know I'm. Uh, I'm being respected for my my views. Oh, we're not saying we respect you for your views, but you are definitely fragile. Questions, Sam. Stop questions. What's the question? Our first question is from Tricky. Hi, Tricky. Hi. Uh, if you uh, if you now got a two minute break from recording Queer and Pleasant Strangers, what would probably be the first thing you'd have a look at on your mobile device? It would be the notification from my Trello app, because I'm pretty sure an article of mine went up while we were recording, and I want to see which one they posted. Oh, heck. Because I think one of my things went up on sci-fi, and I'm curious about it. So that'd be my first thing I would check. Uh, I would probably check for messages from Becky, I guess, since you're already here. (laughs) That that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Uh, Boothany Turner. Um, we'd like to know, um, what books, including comic books, do you think would make a really awesome TV series after the fashion of something like Game of Thrones or The Walking Dead, etc.? Squirrel Girl. Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Uh, Lumberjanes. Yeah. Oh, I would love, like, a really nicely done Bitch Planet series. Like, a little, like, HBO miniseries or something. Uh, the, the Silent Hill that's set in, like, Western, like, cowboy era America? Yeah. 
That could be interesting. I can't remember what that's called. Uh, the Valhalla Saga by Snorri Christensen. Yeah. It's got a, it's really written in a great visual style and it escalates really nicely. And the, you know, the ending's really cool. So, yeah. I, I would kind of love to see a really low budget, like, produced on the cheapest possible budget, because I think this would make it better, series of adaptations of, um, what's the guy that does the weird sex books? Oh, Chuck Tingle. Chuck Tingle. I'd love to see just like a low-budget Chuck Tingle TV adaptation. With like, like, 90s era CGI. Oh yeah, and like, uh, costumes made out of cardboard and rubber. Oh. But you just have like, just a low enough quality camera to try and dis- disguise that fact. I think that could be real fun. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch those. Yeah. Not necessarily a book, but I'd like to see, like, like uh, I suppose an X-Files style series of SCP. Ooh, yeah. Like, every week there's another SCP, and here's what's going on at the SCP Foundation, where Ooh. we've got them in containment. And, and here's us bringing new ones in, and... Like, you could do so much with that universe. Yeah. Although I, I think the problem might be with regards to who owns what yeah. Oh, that would be a licensing nightmare, but also, like, yeah, we're talking hypothetical things we would yeah. like. Have we got any other questions? Creature. We'd like to know... Sorry, Creature-ish. Uh, we'd like to know... Uh, hello, any thoughts on the Pro Wrestling Eve, uh, considering their roster is basically an LGBTQ, or at least LGB question now? I haven't kept up on any kind of wrestling, but if I was going to get into wrestling, a mainly gay wrestling league sounds up my alley. That's right, up my alley. Yeah. Uh, wrestling is basically just live action anime, and I'm up for that. I, I don't watch wrestling, but... The times I've watched it, I've gone, if you if you condense, if you cut this down so it was a bit shorter, I would totally be into this. If, if somebody basically wants to do, like, escalations in the level of, um... That Mick Foley Undertaker Hell in the Cell thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That I would be very up for because yeah. that's that was cool as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Carpe Vita sees the sees life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you and Laura were reincarnated as sweets, what would you be? Oh, I'd be a I'd be a squidgy little gummy bear. Oh, but but someone might bite your head off. Well, at least I'll go quickly. I I suppose theoretically. <laughs> um, sweet would I be? You'd be a jelly tot, because I love you lots like jelly tots. Aww. <laughs> I'd be a marshmallow. Yeah. Because I'm just big and squishy. No. Um, and, and I'd melt if you put me in hot chocolate. I I, I mean, sure. Nag. Hi, Nag. Um, you've been given the power to decide what becomes an Olympic sport, regardless of whether it is a sport or not. What do you choose? So we get to make something an Olympic sport. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a sport. No. Mm, okay. I want to make one that I have a chance of getting a gold medal in. So I'm going to go Olympic podcasting. Ooh. Yeah. You've got you've to record as many consecutive back-to-back podcast episodes as you can, you know, without running out of things to talk about. Um, I'd like to see, like, Olympic-tier object manipulation. Ooh. Like, and that could be just a whole category, like... Uh, contact juggling, poi, staff. Oh, that'd be cool. Like, all of those things I would love to see. I would to love say. to see, like, an Olympic-level contact juggler. Right? Yeah! <laughs> and there's a competition, like, just the world-class contact juggling, just hours and hours of that. I would watch the shit out of that show. Very much. <laughs> just people talking over the top about it, about what's actually happening. Yeah. Just like... 
slowed down live action replays with like diagrams on the screen. Look at what just happened. Here is what. You don't understand why that is so cool. <laughs> and that is very often the thing with like yeah. stuff like object manipulation and, and th- things like that. Just like yeah, all of those good things. I want to see them all. This damn yeah. rope dart, another good one. Yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot of that recently. That looks cool as fuck. Uh, Lucy would like to know um, which of you is small and which of you is tall. I'm small. I am tall. I'm I'm small in spirit. Uh, I'm like an inch taller than you. Yeah, you're not that much taller than me, mm-hmm. but I am. I am small, girlfriend. Sometimes she will stand on the step above me on the escalator, and I'll go. <laughs> He's tall girlfriend. I am small girlfriend. I, I will occasionally get the treat of being tall girlfriend. And I will get the treat of facing boobs. Because <laughs> <laughs> I am a simple creature. Uh, Becky Two Hill. Hi, Becky. Hi. Uh, what's a really vivid thing you remember from your kid? It doesn't have to be really bleak, Janiekins. Okay. Real called out. <laughs> uh, so, a thing we strongly remember from being a kid. Yeah. Hmm. It doesn't have to be bleak. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's try and find an bleak one. Hmm. Um, do you have a thing? When I was maybe like eight or nine, yeah. I was listening to the BBC radio adaptation of Lord of the Rings like constantly. Yeah. Um, Been there. And I basically lived as a hobbit for a while. Oh. Uh, I had, um, I, I would wear my little um, no shoes basically I would wander everywhere with no shoes I had a little waistcoat oh. I would just wander around I, I made a little pipe out of um, some pampas grass that I'd sort of hollowed out and oh. put some holes in I made my own pipe weed only some of it was actual tobacco <laughs> which at eight or nine probably not the best idea but I was already smoking fags so it was fine yeah like and I think that had like some stolen fags in it and mint and tea and lavender um, and and some of whatever the leaves were in the greenhouse so possibly actually weed uh, yeah so yeah there you go there's a, a you were just a hobbit for a bit I was a hobbit for a while oh I mean I didn't have any friends so no one's going to criticise me it was fine that's fair when I was a kid my mum used to work like and this is going to sound like it's going to be a bleak story, but it's not. Um, used to work, like, all the time. Lots of weekends, lots of, like, you know, all the times when there were extra hours going. Um, and as a result, you know, there was a little while where she didn't see a huge amount of, um, amount of me and my sister. And what she used to do is once per term at school, she'd just take a day, wouldn't matter that it was a school day, and go, you're not going into school today. We're just going to go and have a day where we go do a nice thing. And, you know, the school were not super happy about it. But she was like, well, fuck you. And we would go and do a nice thing every every now and then. Like, it might be go to the cinema and, you know, or go to McDonald's or something and just have a day where we go and do a thing. And that was a really nice memory I remember having was just mm. th- a couple of years in which every now and then there'd just be, we're going to have a day where we're going to do a nice thing. Yeah. Um like, I remember one of them was we got up really early and we went and watched uh, rabbits with binoculars. Watch the bunnies in the field oh, nice. at, like, 6am at sunrise. Precious bums. Yeah, it was just nice. On a, on a similar note, we used to go and, um, back in the days when film cameras were a thing, she worked in a place that had a developing lab. We'd go develop photographs in the dark room, and that was a that was a really nice shared memory. Aww. Yeah. 
What are the questions we got? Uh, last question. Uh, Lucy Evans would like to know what your least favourite thing. Capitalism. Cap- oh, I was going to say capitalism. I mean, one is an extension of the other, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, fascism, capitalism. Bigotry. Bigotry. Racism. I mean, that, I suppose it falls under bigotry. Okay. My, le- my, my, not f- my worst least favourite thing. People who want their happiness at the expense of other people's happiness. And that can cover capitalism, bigotry, and whatnot. I mean, I don't even know if racists are happy. No, people... <laughs> I think they're yeah. just, uh, just... Just angry bastards. Pe- people who think that taking things for themselves and depriving things from others will make them happy. Billionaires. We hate them. Too. Yeah, them. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, that is all the questions. Well, then. Time, time for, for this. this. Do you want to know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, Larry. Alright, Barry. How are you doing? I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How are you? Oh, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How's your week, mate? Yeah, you know, not too bad. Uh, a bit concerned about the state of the world, you know. Well, when is that not the case? <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. There's, there is an awful lot going on, a lot to be aware of, and, uh, yeah, uh, you you been up to much? Yeah, yeah, you know I've been search. I've been going around on the internet. I oh, know, I oh, know, I need to do less of it. But uh, I I went down one of those rabbit holes. I saw a thing happening, and it, it, it I've been doing a thing about it recently. Yeah, yeah. So I I know this isn't a new thing. I've seen this pop around before. I saw some uh, some discussion on the internet about uh oh you know as as uh, as gay people or as uh, lesbian people, we should maybe, you know, distance ourselves from trans people because they're, uh, uh, you know, they're currently, uh, there's a lot of uh, discourse around them and maybe things would be better for us if we distance ourselves. It's that, whole, you know, it's that rhetoric that goes around sometimes and, uh, you know, it really bothered me to see because, uh, you know, I, I I get what it's rooted in. At its core, it's probably self-preservation. It's pre- self-preservation. It's we don't we don't want to get hurt, and that group's getting hurt. So let's not go near the group that's getting hurt. We got our rights now. We fought yeah. we'll very hard for those. Yeah, you know, forgetting the fact that that group pro- that's being attacked now probably did fight for your rights as well. Yeah, and you know, perhaps even started the modern pride well, yeah, movement that... as it is. Well, it's 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 that uh, that myth of the uh, good minority. It's this idea that like, aha, well, if if I say if I agree to make this other minority group the villains, then the people that don't like minorities will like me because I'm one of the good ones. Not realizing that you know that's the way that bigots go is. That They'll, you know, they'll push off one group, but they won't stop there. Then they'll, you know, make the next group the scapegoat and the next group the scapegoat. And, you know, yeah, it's subdivise and subdivise. Like you get the trans medicalists as well, yeah. you know, who insist that you've got to be a particular type of trans person to be accepted as trans yeah. at all. Um, and you get like gay people who are, are horribly racist yeah. because you know they're going the the right the 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 alt right or the right wing then they're, they're not attacking me because I I'm with you I'm like you I I hate that minority as well. Well, yeah, you get you get things like the uh, the self hating trans people where they're like yeah. you know they'll they'll side with conservative groups because they'll be like yeah but I I. I might be trans, but I think trans people are terrible too. So, do- so when you go and hate trans people, just leave me out of it. Yeah, because I, 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 you're preaching to the choir. I already understand that yeah. I, I'm the worst. It's, it's throwing, throwing other people to the wolves, assuming that the wolves won't come for you. When as soon as they've run out of everyone else, yeah, it's if you throw people to the wolves, eventually they will have a taste for they'll have a taste for blood, and they will come for you. Yeah. 
but it's it's real disappointing. We need some more solidarity because definitely the only way we get through these attacks from you know bigots that don't like minorities is to all stand together. People of all various minority backgrounds all need to just have some solidarity if we can. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the 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 revolution needs to be intersectional. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh, you are proud, mate. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh. Ah, good egg, mate. Good yeah, egg. Good egg. Good egg. Yeah, shall I uh, pop the kettle on? Yeah, have a cup of tea. Nice, nice. Laura! Yes! Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in most of the places. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. You got that unified branding, yeah? Yeah, laurakbuzz.com. Uh, if you want to get my books, there's uncomfortable labels. It's in bookshops now. Or you can get the audiobook at laurakbuzzstore.com. See, got that branding down. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another book, Things I Learned from Mario's Bart. That'll hopefully be out real soon. Um, I know I've been saying that for a while, but it's coming, I promise. Um, other than that, I'm on a bunch of podcasts. There is Pixel Squirt, where me and the Geek Remix ladies will review video game pornography. There is Podquisition, which recently got a new host. So that is me, Jim Sterling, and Comrade Zimmerman. Talking about video games, but also talking lefty politics um, and getting very impassioned. Mm-hmm. There's Dice Funk, in which uh, it's a D&D podcast. Seasons 3, 4, 5, and 6 I am a character on. Uh, if you start with season 3, I don't show up to like 8 episodes in. They're all self-contained stories, so like season 3 is about a magical barrier town. Season 4 is about the uh, overthrowing of capitalism. Season 5 is... Space adventures and fighting against, um, basically fighting against uh, space nationalists. And season six is about interdimensional assassins. And that that's a thing. Other than that, what else am I? What else do I do? Um, Pixel Square. Uh, I talked about Pixel Square. Uh, you do this. Yeah, uh, I think thing. I think that's most of the things. Um, you Check write for sci-fi fangirls. Oh yeah, I, I write a lot of stuff for sci-fi fangirls. The night we recorded this, I think something went up. I'm guessing it's my thing about elitism in Pokemon, I think. Um, but there's that. Ch- check out laurakbuzz.com. There'll be a bunch of content there this week, because I will have been at the Pokemon Center press event and EGX, and I will have had a bunch of stuff to write about. What about you? Where are you on the internet? I'm Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube, and then everywhere else you can kind of search for Janiac or Stoned Monkey Radio. Um, Janiac on Twitch, I stream Tuesdays and Thursdays, very late in the evenings. On um, SoundCloud, I am Janiarist Magnet, but you can search for Stoned Monkey Radio. I'm on Patreon, Stoned <gasps> Monkey Radio. You can you can help me pay the bills there. I, I too have bills. Indeed, we both have bills. <laughs> we do. Uh, or if you just want to send me some one-off, uh, I am uh, paypal.me slash Magnet. And while we're here, and now I've got all the reports, I'd like to say thank you to my Patreons. Uh, so thank you to the Math Tiger Needs Your Help. What is 
280.46 times 1.5. <laughs> thank you to Jaden. Thank you to Cassiopeia Swift. To, to Lula. Callum, ah! uh, I swear to fuck, dude. Moose had better be real Turner. <laughs> <laughs> saga of Moose continues. Um, Eldritch Horror, formerly known as S. Kearney. Uh, J. Logan, Conduit of Queerness, Queerness Mage of Life. Uh, Larry Yellingman. Uh, Tales of Eaton Query. Robin Anton, Keladry, not her mag, uh, not Keladry, not her magnificent cat Mitzi, who slew Kel in her sleep. Definitely wow. not. Robert Robert Harding, uh, Jürgen Indie Monster Ryan McFurdy, conduit of name butchering, and God damn it, <laughs> using characters that I will, I okay, I need to look those up. How to pronounce those? Uh... Yeah, yep. I don't know how to pronounce some of it's, those characters. It's, it's the AE thing, and then the O with a diagonal line through it, and uh, an A with a circle above it. And then Basin is back. Thanks, Basin is back, for, for not confusing me deliberately with characters. And thank you to all my Patreon people that I can't name, because there's a lot of you. So many. So many. Um, I'm also on Badly Designated Heroes. You can check out that on curiosityepidemic.wordpress.com and Curious Epidemic on Twitter. We're about to start a new series of Polyarmory. Indeed. Ooh. Which will be up on YouTube and uh, my uh, SoundCloud. So check that out. Um, I'm excited to get on and do some D&D. So Laura, <gasps> sing us out, my darling. Until next time, be a stranger. I will. <laughs>